Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Dial H for Hero Clicks, where I'm your host Hunter Smith, and once again it's just me and the smooth sounds of Mr. Austin Smith. I wonder how many episodes in a This has got to be a record for me. I mean, like, I haven't missed an episode in a while now. It, it's it's definitely up there for you. Uh, and then this is the most Drew's ever missed in a row. Oh, I know. So we're setting new records here in December of 2014 as we wind down the end of the year. Um, a lot of you guys have been sending us in ideas for categories for the 2014 annual show. We will definitely. I'm definitely taking some of those into account. I want you guys to keep on sending those in, and we can kind of pick the best, most fun categories. Oh yeah, there's been some awesome ones so far. Well, today we're going to get into a little bit of news, and as far as I know, there's only one item of news to really talk about. We'll talk about that real quick, and then we'll get into the Meta Toolbox series, and today we'll be covering support pieces. So, uh, I'll... Oh, besides the X-Factor CTD. Okay, so two things to talk about then. No, I'm just making that up. I'm just oh, wanting you, to hurt your feelings. Not, yeah. You know, uh, my heart fluttered a little bit when <laughs> you know. said X-Factor. That's pretty sadistic. You yeah, just, I know, right? If you would have said X-Force teammates would have been worse, but you know. All right. Yep. All right, I'll remember that. But I knew you wouldn't believe an X-Force team base 15 times I'll, in a row. Oh, yeah, that's 14, true. 14. 14 you had, yeah, That's true. If you had said that, I would have known instantly that it was a joke. So, touche, touche. Uh, our only segment of news today is in the Avengers uh, Age of Ultron variety. And we have some, well... There aren't there are no official pictures of the, any of this, right? Sadly, no. Okay, so actually, really, I guess we would really consider this technically to be conjecture. Con- conjecture? Did I say that? Right? Well, conjecture. There is actually a there's a retail release that says all this info, so we do have it's official. Okay, it's just no pictures. So some people on HC Realm shared some things. Supposedly, well, we already know that the classic Fast Forces Avengers, we talked about this a few episodes back when we broke down everything that was coming out next year. Uh, We know that that's going to have Ant-Man, Wasp, Iron Man, Cap, Thor, and Hulk, and a bonus exclusive Hank Pym Avengers ID card. So we already talked about that. What we really learned, because, I mean, he breaks down the uh, Wave 1 boosters, we already talked about that. But what we do know is some specifics on exactly what maps and what figures will be in the OP kit. So that's what we want to talk about. And actually, I really like the sound of the maps. Maps are Hank Pym's Lab and Thebes Egypt. 11 Avengers Roundtable Resource Participation Prizes. So this will be at the month one. So as usual, you'll get your you know, your roundtable is basically if you think of like the gauntlet and then you add the gem. So in this case, you have the roundtable and you add the ID cards. You get Iron Man ID cards in your first month. Uh, four limited edition Grand Master prize figures with character cards. It's funny they start saying character cards on every, on all those now, mm-hmm. isn't it? One Age of Ultron storyline OP poster. Uh, I forgot to give our World Light posters out mm-hmm. the other day. We only have two, but You're I was gonna. We'll give them out next week. Uh, Age of Ultron OP kit. Yeah, we already know that. Okay, month two, we get four Ellie Gravitons. We yes. haven't had him since Supernova or something like that a long time ago. Um, Eleven Hulk ID card participation prizes. Month three, we get four High Evolutionary. Kind of a new. We haven't got him in a while. Yeah. Eleven Captain America. ID cards, 
and the maps in that one will be Rebel of New York slash New Timbet Timbet Powell. Is that Timbetal? I wonder if that's... Here's what's interesting I noticed, though. Only month one and three have maps. Month two and four don't. Yeah, and after, in month one, when it says the maps, it says for use in events one okay, and two. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So you could make your players play on one side for one month or the other side or, or give them the option of both for both months, whatever you want to do. The last month gets us a new Kang, a character we just talked about last week when, when we had an email asking what characters are we scared won't be in Age of Ultron. I said Kang, and it looks like we are definitely getting one. And then your ID card for the fourth month is Thor. So ID cards, you're getting Iron Man, oh sorry, Thor, and then the uh, Quinjets for the grand prizes. Yep. So we've got Iron Man, Hulk, Cap, and Thor guaranteed if you participate in the Age of Ultron. And then the rest of the cards will be in the boosters, and a exclusive Hank Pym version will be in the Fast Forces. That is going to do it for news. Sadly, we don't have anything to rant on. So we're just going to dive right into the Meta Toolbox. I'm talking about. I'm all excited for new Kang. So in Meta Toolbox series, we've t- I am too. We've talked about uh, <laughs> resources, and today we're going to start getting into the pieces. And as you guys know, there's it's tough to to qual to um, sort of yeah to quantify. I guess is kind of the word uh, what a piece's role is. But there's one role that we can all kind of agree is is one that we can all agree should be one if you're making out three or four different types of pieces, and that would be support. So we're going to start with support since that's the easiest, and then we'll go from there. Now, what a, what we mean when we say a support piece, there's a few things that have to be, a piece has to be in order to make our list for the support version of the Meta Toolbox. It needs to be cheap. All of these figures are under 80 points, I believe. Uh, It needs to have some form of either pacing control or just control in general, like maybe a controlling effect, like Turtle, for example. Or pacing control can be anything from a good, cheap TKer or a good, cheap barrier or smoke cloud piece, something like that where they're controlling the pacing of the match. Something where you can't take more than one action inside a certain area of effects or something like that. Then we have medics, of course, with the support ability or some way of healing things automatically, like the entity um, ability, something like that. And then we have odds. And what we mean by odds is a good source of perplex and prob or something that is helps you reroll dice or have better chances at, at making attacks. So as we go through these pieces, we're going to kind of lump them together and cover them that way. So you'll kind of get an idea of why we think certain ones deserve to be here. Now, as I said, the points matter. For example, you guys all know, Austin especially, about the Professor X 150 points <laughs> who is a really good control piece. Oh, yeah. However, he's 150 points. You're not just going to throw him on a so 300 point meta I, He wouldn't fall into the support category for, for, the, for the purposes of what we're talking about today. So there, there may be, just because we don't list a figure here doesn't mean that it doesn't meet any of those criteria it's just that that's not its dedicated direction, and that's not the the area that we want to throw them into. Yep. So, 
Unfortunately, we only have one piece to talk about today. Now, on each of, or sorry, in the medic section, we only have one piece. Now, when we go over these, we're just going to take turns talking about a figure, and we're only going to say one or two sentences on them because if we pontificate forever on each one, we'll be here all night. That's a big, so, that's a fancy college doctor word. You guys know that if we list a figure here that it's really damn good and it's worth picking up. And I gotta say, when I looked at all back over all of these, they're all pretty cheap, too. I mean, of course, there's exceptions. You have, like, Despotelis or something like that mixed in there. But for the most part, these figures are a, a, under a buck. So, if you're a new player or even an experienced player who just wants to get some other opinions on good pieces to pick up, um, pay attention. As I said, we only have one medic, and that is Myra McTaggart. Which, it's kind of funny because when Days of Future Past landed, we talked about a few figures that were going to be really good from the set, and we haven't really heard much from people playing or anything, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Well, and that set also came out at kind of a bad time. Yeah. Because everything, I mean, Gen Con was, was Gen Con over at that point? Or thought, was it just starting? Let's let's go up and see what month it was that Days of Future Past. That was five twenty one. That was a. It was right before Gen Con. No, it was a May. About two months. May twenty first. Yeah. But we also got a lot of good stuff like right afterwards, That's particularly when War, of Light War of Light. Yeah. Um, the reason Myra makes the support category is because she is a dedicated support piece. I mean, this is her role. Yeah, she has Perplex on one of her clicks. So she has some odds control too, but for the most part, that's that's exactly what she's here for. She's the new Donald Blake. Yeah, and she's only 28 points, so that really is what you look for in a support piece. She can use uh, support as if she had an 11, which makes it easy to, he to hit and heal anybody in the game. She also has Scientist and X-Men keywords, so she's a good pickup. I brought it up before when they released her. I was like, she... It, you can tell Days of Future Past was meant to land before the end of AVX, and she's one of the figures I always point out because of that, because she was literally the equivalent to Donald Blake, but with the X-Men keyword. Now, I had initially split, had four categories, and I had a category called Pacing Control, and then another category called Control. We're just going to lump those all together into Control. So, let's let Austin start off with the first Control figure, Star Labs Technician. Star Labs Technician is a 33-point... Uh, figure sidestep tk which is great on 33 points and you're looking at a damage power of a, a power action and adjacent friendlies can use precision strike or toughness i mean that's pretty or an adjacent character can use it and then if you want to use tk twice with her you can push her on to support which gets her even yep. more uh more value for her 33 point uh, point cost so as i said just because of pieces uh in here, it doesn't mean that it only fits one role. She can fit the medic and the pacing control, but because her TK is top dial and her support is second click, then we're going to put her in the control And then section. on top of that, that damage power is nothing really to scoff at. I mean, a power action to make it so that your big beater can just ignore super senses is actually pretty huge mm -hmm. when you think about things like super strength and wasted objects and stuff like that. And then second in the control slash pacing category is Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy. She's in here because she's a great friendly mind control piece. She um, she only affects characters with the Guardians of the Galaxy keyword, but we just got so many good Guardians of the Galaxy pieces to choose from that I feel like she definitely deserves to be here. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, she has normal old prop control too. So, And then her last two clicks of her five-click dial also have support. So she kind of hits the trifecta here. She has 
pacing control. She has odds with the prop control, and then she has support as well. She's also a common, so she'll be cheap to pick up. Yep, I mean, like that pretty sum- that sums it up pretty well. I know you like this next guy. Oh, gosh. Senator Robert Kelly. Now, when this guy was first spoiled, the backlash against him was huge. Um, and the main reason is his trait. During your first turn, choose a keyword possessed by an opposing character for all friendly characters with this trait, which just means you can't pick it for multiple Robert Kellys if you're running them, since he's not a silver ring. As long as Senator Robert Kelly's on the map, opposing characters possessing the chosen keyword can't ignore pushing damage and can't use that way to perplex if they have two action tokens. If he's KO'd by an opposing character the chosen keyword, all friendly characters of that keyword are healed one. He's also got outwit, perplex, prob, outwit as he alternates down his dial, and he's only 42 points. The big thing you have to work around with him, though, is his generic keywords. He's got celebrity and politician, which are two that are kind of hard to land. Celebrity's a little easier. He's good to throw on a team that you don't have theme with. Yeah. And then you can punish your opponents for running theme and for hitting map if you're scared of, you know what I mean? Like, yep. you're trying to balance out the loss that you took by not hitting your theme team, I think. Yeah. Next up is Blind Owl. And she's in here because she really helps your pacing control. She really helps you take a piece that you want to purposely damage and get it to that second click faster. In the old days, if you had a... A uh, figure that had a banner click, 99% of the time, the only way to get them to the second click was to push them, and that would take two turns to do it, and then you have to rest on the third turn. So, Blind Owl lets you turn one, instantly click that figure onto turn two, and that helps your control greatly. And then she has a, perplex, a, a limited perplex on top of that, but the best thing about her is she only costs 13 points. Yep. And then we have uh, Black Talon, which is another friendly mind control, and I've looked at this piece for quite a few teams now, actually. Uh, Mystical and Masters of Evil, which that's a great prop, and Lethal Legion. Masters of Evil is a great proper keyword. There's there's quite a few of those in Modern right now between Invincible Iron Man and Deadpool. Hopefully we'll get more in Age of Ultron yeah. and the Avengers sets. And then Mystical, of course, is the best damn generic they've printed. Mm-hmm. Um, 60 points. Um, top click, he's a melee piece, but what you really play him for is his, uh, his trait and his damage power. His trait is when he can use when he uses mind control, you may place a KO'd opposing character in an adjacent square on its starting click, and that character becomes the target. After X-Men's resolve, that character is removed from the game. That one you're not going to use as much as his damage power, but it's useful. You can take a character you've KO'd, bring them in for a turn. It's always good to have options. Oh, like yeah. That. Um, and then his damage power is control of the mindless undead. He can use mind control with a range value of 8, and when he does, he may target friendlies. There's no condition there, no keyword, nothing. Um, but if they're all friendly and have a lower point value and the monster keyword, he may use it as if he had three bolts. Very nice. So, so yeah, so one action token, I'm going to take three actions with monsters. Suck it, Mole Man. Then I have Mercy from the Fast Forces of Deadpool. She's good at 75 and 50 points, either one. Um, at 75, she falls more into the odds category. She starts with Prob. At the 50-point option, she starts with Prob, TK, and Barrier. The TK and Barrier is really what lands her in the control section and what makes her a really good support figure. And on top of all that, she has the flight ability and phasing, so she can get her friendly figures in and out of places really quick. And she also alternates her prop with the support, so she kind of hits the trifecta on all the support abilities for a cheap point cost. Yeah, if not for her lacking generic keywords, I definitely think we'd see a lot more of her. Um, and then next up we have the GCPD motorcycle. Um, the 19-point yeah. uh, autopiloted version. Um, 
And the main reason you play this is because you're looking at a police keyword and barrier. And since it's a vehicle, it can carry people, correct? Mm -hmm. Regardless of their symbols. And it can carry two people. And then in on top of that, it's uh, got the police team ability. So it to, just has to be adjacent to get the minus one. So sort of a ghetto perplex going for it. And then, like Austin said, it has the barrier. So it, it's been a useful piece we've seen in tons of meta teams over the last since that second mount, almost two years now. What's it's, it running actual cost-wise? Um, I did have three of them. I sold one a couple months ago, and I want to say it was around 10 bucks, but I don't remember for sure. Except we have oh, Bruce Wayne, number 202 from the Batman set. Oh, it's this one. And he is 50 points. He has TK and Perplex. And that's really the only reason you run him. You run him because he has uh, TK and Perplex for 50 points, and he has Gotham City keyword. Now, and as Austin pointed out, he has Plasticity. So once he's done his TK Perplex duties, and you need him to come up and tie somebody up, he can be annoying because he has Plasticity on top of that. And Combat Reflexes. So, I mean, like, he's just a little 50-point annoyance after he gets his job done, which is nice. And we just saw him at our ROC in the winning team, actually, on the Super Scroll team. And then I know you want to talk about Tony oh, Stark. Yeah. Invincible Iron Man number, uh, number 15, Tony Stark. He's 70 points, four-range double bolt. Um, he opens without wit, and this is, the piece, this is the piece Blind Al fits well with, because he doesn't pick up his really good stuff until the second click, mm -hmm. where he picks up his special mind control. He can use mind control and stealth. When he uses mind control, he may only target a single character with the armor or robot keyword, but may target friendlies. And on second click, he got 10 attack and perplex. I mean, he's a little expensive. Well, not it, for, in regards to the outwit mind control, or outwit perplex, he's a little expensive. But mm -hmm. when you take into account that mind control, and you really take advantage of those extra friendly attacks, because you're looking at characters like... Uh, Iron Man, Iron Patriot. You're looking at uh, the War Machine Prime that's a total monster. Um, there's a lot of good options that have the armor and robot keywords. The common 001 Iron Man at 150. Yep. And then on top of that, he's got a stop, click, and regen on a support piece. So if someone is giving him a lot of hassle and trying to get rid of him so that way you're not getting those free actions, you have a chance to get back up there and repeat. Batmite is next, a figure we haven't talked about for a long time. Um, he is one of the expensive ones out of this today's uh, topic uh, because he's a con exclusive. But these days you can pick him up for around 30 bucks. Yeah, He is great at pacing control because he helps you get extra attacks out of your friendly figures with his special powers that lets him choose a friendly character as a hero and makes it his idol. And basically after he moves, he rolls a a d6 and has a chance at moving your figure up and let, then letting your figure make a free attack and on top of that he has 10 range prop control alternating with 10 range outwit and he has just normal flight on top of that so if you just want to use him as a taxi you can team ability still <laughs> so i mean he has flight he has a, a special free action movement type thing and then he has prob and, and outwit so he has lots going for him in the support department yeah, and we've talked about before how uh, the nerf from 10 range to 6 range on Outwit and Perplex and stuff was huge. For it to, to have access to that is nuts. So we're going to skip the odd section for now and jump back into control, starting with Turtle. Oh, of course, Turtle. Um, Turtle's 50 points, stealth, Outwit. But what you really play him for is that trait. You can use Plasticity. When another character moves at least 5 squares and actions resolve, give them an action token, and if you can't, deal them 1 penetrating damage. 
This is a pacing figure if I've ever heard of one. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, five movement limit, limits to their entire team, no line of fire required, nothing like that, just as long as he's on the damn map. Pretty much anyone without Invincible uh, is going to really, really hate him. And then he has, um, as you said, did you say Outwit? Yep. You know, he's got Outwit on top of that, and then if you go down, if he gets hit, he also gets a special Perplex, but only modifies speed values minus three. For only 50 points, the fact that he dramat- drastically changes the, the the gameplay, I mean, yep. for for you and your opponent, but you can build around it knowing what the parameters of the match are going to be before you go in, and there's no way for your opponent to ignore these effects unless they kill him, Yep, and, and that stealth helps him. He's another one of those pieces, though, where his power's kind of reined in a little by his keyword choices, too, mm-hmm. where he's only got Secret Society of Supervillains. Then uh, I want to talk about the Sentinel Sentry. This is a pog that we've talked about before as being really good for the points. I've played him, and I've had tons of success with these guys the three or four times that I've ran them in tournaments. Sentinel Sentry from Days of Future Past. They're only 14 points, and they max stack at 6. I usually run them with 2 in stacks of 2, and that is because they have a special defense power called Horde when stacked. Central, Sentinel Sentry can use Barrier as a free action, but only to place half of S blocking terrain markers. So if you run two of them at 28 points, you get one free square of blocking every turn. And then they have Smoke Cloud on top of that, and they're giant size. So it makes it, it makes it way easier at, with them being giant size to see around the rest of your team if you want to park these guys in the back. Let your guys do their attacks and then throw out the barrier um, in front of your guys. Or throw out Smoke Cloud and use his plasticity and positioning to just really be annoying to the opponent. Yeah, and they're effectively like the wall that comes attached to the mm-hmm. power battery, which the wall shuts down a lot of teams. So having this as an option to just free barrier every single turn, and then on top of that, they're in-dom for a 14-point figure, which is ridiculous. And they're stacked, too, so they can't be one-shot. I mean, yep. no matter how hard you hit them, you're, the opponent can only remove one off of the stack at a time. Headpool is a figure that... Takes a hell of a lot of damage. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the reason he's on here. That's the reason he's in the control. He'd be more pacing control than anything, just because, as Austin said, with combinations, he really helps a figure stay alive for a long period of time, or he himself is just annoying and stays alive for a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's just great. He ignores poison. Um, he can only take one damage that can't be countered or ignored. So, I mean, Pulse Wave doesn't get through that or anything like that. Um, and then on top of that, he picks. A, he's got TK. Mm-hmm. He's got tiny size, so he's even harder to hit. Or he gives hit. adjacent characters TK. Um, we've seen there's potential combinations with Masterminding onto him, helping your figure live a lot longer. Um, we've seen in ROCs. In fact, Harry, I think, um, did a combination with... Uh, new mutants and stuff like that to help him help other figures have more longevity so there's lots of ways to take advantage of the wording on his defense power yep not and just that but uh merc with a mouth gives him wild cards so you can take that's how yeah that's down. how you do the uh, the other tricks and the best thing about him also is he's a common in a in a big set so he's super yep. cheap to pick up and monster keywords easy to build with bill agent of aim is a guy we talked about last week and another one that benefits from uh what's her face al yeah exactly and uh, you almost never see bill played without blind al yep um he loves that old his starting click if you didn't run blind al with him 
He can use carry ability to carry any number of characters. After he carries a character in actions resolve, roll a d6 on a 3 to 6, deal him and the carried characters of uh, 1 damage. But his second and third click is the reason why he's on here, and he helps pacing control big time. You give him a power action, choose the highest point opposing character. Until your next turn, that character can be targeted with a ranged combat attack by one friendly character without line of fire to that opposing character. Now we should note, and this may be some of the things that are going to get cleaned up with the watch list, the figure still needs to be within range. Yep. And when you, if you do happen to KO the highest point opposing character on the opponent's team, um, you can't then make attacks on the next highest. It yep. was It's only the one you choose. Until you power action to choose again. And if you have a figure that has multi-attack or duo attack, or if you're running some of the other figures we talked about, like Black Talon and stuff, and you're letting your figure get more than one attack per turn through something like that, they can continue to use bill's power for all of those attacks on that turn yep so it really makes bill an excellent figure and actually what i like about him really is if i look at him as a 30 point figure let's take away that power he's got outweight he's got willpower he's got sidestep and hydra like that alone i would throw him on good good hydra and aim teams and for only 30 points heck yeah oracle's on here for pacing control because she's a cheap um source of smoke barrier prob and taxi that's yep. about it. For 49 points. But that's all you need. I mean, she is also not a half-bad attacker with 6 range and 10 attack on her first 3 clicks and, and some pulse, pulse wave, wave. <laughs> mixed in. So she's a figure that was excellent and sealed and can still hold her own and constructed. Actually, one thing that I've run into when facing her before is knocking her on that mind control and getting unexpected mind, unexpectedly mind controlled by a 49-point figure is a little painful. Next up, some guy we all know. Oh, God. Do we even mm. have to talk about him? Brother Voodoo. 79 points, one of the more expensive figures we will talk about today. Actually, probably the most expensive figure on this list. But he's well worth it for 79 points. He kind of fits the control aspect, and he kind of fits the uh, the the odds aspect of support pieces as well because he has Prob on his first two clicks, Perplex on his two clicks after that, and then he has Smoke Cloud and Poison on his attack power. If there's an adjacent opposing character next to him, he can use the smoke cloud for a free action. But the best thing about him is, of course, his trait. When he has exactly one token, he can use my control as a free action. He has six range to do so, by the way. He takes no damage from my control, and he and his target modify their attack values by plus one this turn. So well, not only the downside, Hunter. there is no downside. <laughs> um, he went through the watch list and did not get touched. And th- for the better, in my opinion, I don't think he really needed nerfed. At the time There's he came out. There's been a lot out, of hate that's already come out for him. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with the doctor just landed and Flash shuts him down really hard. I mean, it, it, not to say that he's not one of the best figures we still have available to us, because he definitely is, but I don't think anything that he does necessarily needed to be um, changed in any way. It's just at the time he came out, before other things were available, he was quite dominant for the few weeks. You know, the yeah, few weeks. Yeah, he was there. running the map. And I know it's pretty easy for you to talk about this next little guy. Oh yeah, Despotellus. Uh, you're looking at a twenty and a nineteen defense, three clicks, thirty points, no combat values besides his defense. Um, so he has to be carried. All that jazz, but what you really, he's got a really good poison, but what you really use him for is you pair him up with a good defend, and you're giving 20 defense to a lot of good figures. And then on top of that, the poison is a really nice little uh, 
add-on there where you're doing one damage, one penetrating damage per token on them, mm-hmm. which is nuts. I mean, even if you're not you doing defend tricks with him, he's still well worth his 30 points. Oh, yeah, points. for 30 points for For being at 20 defense, tiny size, um, and having his special abilities where he can keep being teleported around. I mean, he doesn't block line of fire, and he doesn't require opponents to break away. But he does keep them from making ranged attacks while he's next to them. And he forces them to keep on moving and get out of spots they may otherwise not want to be in. He would be especially annoying to characters that didn't have move and attack. If you could somehow get them stuck, get him stuck on them. Um, he's a figure that we've seen tons of, that's seen tons of meta play lately and will continue to see tons of meta play. Oh yeah. Psy police officer. When this one first landed, I thought we were going to see nothing but these guys for the longest time. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good. They For 45 points, they have a lot of control aspects because they have this special <laughs> damage power that keeps your opponent away from you, basically. When an opposing character within eight squares is given a free action, if that character has been given a non-free action this turn, after action's resolved, deal that character one unavoidable damage. So that limits charge, running shot, hypersonic... And just to name like three of the biggest, most common powers that it nerfs. And then on top of that, if you do anything before you outwit, perplex, yep. you know, anything like that. You know what we might see a resurgence with with him? Uh, the new Central City Police Officer that gives anyone with police uh, the proper keyword? Maybe, yeah. I mean, he's a, sol- he's a solid piece. And uh, really, I don't. we haven't seen a ton of police keyword teams, though, no. since GCPD. Um, I mean... And these days... People aren't as worried these days about theme team, especially. I guess really, that's mainly due to the fact that we have entities now that give you instant theme teams. I think that really is a big aspect of it. But for forty-five points, he's still an excellent figure. He's a very annoying and controlling piece to to go up against, especially when someone plays like four or five of them, as someone who we will talk to shortly did once. Then we have the odds section of the support meta toolbox so these are figures that have perplex prob control something some special variation that or they're just really good at those things for their point value and next up the first up is a a new figure that we haven't gotten to play with much but it seems like it definitely i've seen of it it's solid it deserves to be in the support section today um harley quinn is 65 points or 50 points at both point values, she's well worth it because she has Outwit, Perplex, and Prob. She has Wild Card, which helps you get even more synergy and support aspects, especially when you're running things like Police, Hydra, Superman Enemy. There's lots of team abilities that you could copy that could help you in the support aspects of Hero Clicks. Yep. And then she um, also has... the has, target penetrating poison. Yeah, she has... I mean, ways of dealing damage a little bit on her own and has a five range. So for 65 or 50 points, I think she's well worth the points. Oh, yeah. And she's kind of a mixture um, support piece that can also do a, t- a tiny bit of damage if you ignore and you focus on her pudding instead. Pudding instead. Yep. I want you to talk about the lady in blue next up. Oh, gosh. Destiny. Through all AVX, I went up against so many of these. Um Destiny, of course, has Brotherhood of Mutants and Freedom Force. I don't think I've ever seen that many figures of Freedom Force. but It's only from Days of Future Past. Okay. Um, 50 points. Um, 
She has a trait, attack power, and damage power. Her trait is after an opposing character with an eight squares uses outwit, perp, or prob, and actions resolve. Deal that character one damage if it hasn't already been dealt damage by this effect this turn. So she pings support pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's really her job is to sit and get them down clicks. Because some of those support pieces do. They drop off perplex. They drop off outwit. Oh, very or easily. Or flips them into stuff they don't want. We've already talked about how many figures have we already talked about today that we said alternates or first click it has prob next that has support you know if she can get a technician to go off of tk and onto support at the beginning of the match that'll really piss off the opposing character a player and then uh her damage power is she can use prob as if she had a range of eight and doesn't need line of fire to the attacker if she has line of fire to the target of the attack Mm -hmm. which that's huge because that allows her to sit hypothetically speaking you're looking at a character with Eight plus whatever range. Well, I I think they'd still have to be within the range of her of they still have to be within her range. Oh, I didn't even realize that on the wording. Um, so they'd have to be within eight squares still, but basically she can hide behind people, which yeah. makes it way more annoying to face her. And then again, not only can she problem within eight, but she's also giving them the her trade is in effect within eight squares too. So she's slowing so, down enemies that are using prob and outwit. Basically, she can prob you, but you're going to think twice about probbing against her because you're going to take that damage. And we and, talked about on the cast if people are using theme probs like I had to against Destiny, they're taking the damage and a token, and that's just like the that's brutal. That's game pretty much. Yeah. She's a really good piece for 50 points, and she doesn't run that high on cost. No, not at all. She's only in a uh, uh, Like two bucks. And then um, she can reliably deal a little bit of damage if you if you really need her to, because she has that attack power of precision strike and RCE with her 10 attack and prob. So, yep. I mean, you can get a guaranteed one damage through on people when you yep. need her to. And she's got that one of the few pieces that can use that team ability, actually. <laughs> yeah, Brotherhood of Means. <laughs> Except we have Weasel who is very good at supporting ranged pieces. He has enhancement, and once per turn, when he does, also modify the attacking character's attack and range by plus one. Damn. And so basically he's getting double perplex and or triple when you throw in enhancement, yep. um, but only on ranged attacks. And then he also has a special attack power. Give him a free action. Choose a character within four squares in line of fire. Or Deadpool anywhere on the map. This turn, each time the chosen character makes an attack for a ranged combat attack and misses by one, you may reroll unless it's a crit miss. That doesn't come into a play too much, into effect too much. But with that on top of the attack, uh, the bonus attack and range and enhancement, it, it really, really helps out your range piece for only twenty-seven points. And there, I mean, like that that range combat attack, it may not come into effect a lot, but you got to think about things like if you're trying to hit an eight. All of a sudden, that makes a 7 a viable target, too, mm-hmm. because then you'll get an extra reroll. Well, also, he would work really well with some of those pacing figures that we were talking about earlier, like Mantis or Black Talon or Bill, where you're really focusing one of your pieces on doing all your damage. Um, you For only 27 points, if, you have, if we have Bullseye and Black Talon and Weasel together, and Bullseye's making multiple attacks throughout the turn because of Black Talon... Weasel's effects are going to double up effectively. Yep. He's going to get the bonus damage twice. He's going to get the bonus attack and range twice. Yep. So for only 27 points in a no tactics format, you can't beat that. Um, uh, the enhancement wouldn't double. It just says once per turn. But you you mean like as in you'd get to use it each time he does it? 
the um, the range in attack. Wrong character. Oh, oh sorry. Weasel. Or maybe I read it wrong then. Yeah, because it says once per turn. Can he use enhancement once per turn when he does also modify their attack and range by one? But see that. So could he use enha- he could use enhancement for both attacks and yeah, then once, and then per, once turn, per turn he, he can modify could, their yeah. attack and range. But the thing is that attack and range value modification should stay. Because I don't see it saying... Maybe it's to keep it from stacking to a uh, yeah. plus two. Um, next up we have Loki at the 30 point option. And I'll just talk about him. We've both played him a oh, decent yeah. amount. I've played the crap out of this Loki. I think I just played him like two weeks ago. Um, at 30 points you're getting a phase. He's got a transporter. So he can carry characters. Um, he's duo attack. Um, and then he has a trait where his combat value or his attack values aren't modified by the uh, movement attack ability. So you're looking at a 11 hypersonic, 10 attack, 2 damage character that pushes on 2 prob and outwit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a solid piece right there. Pretty much any time I've played him or seen him played, you push him onto prob pretty early in the oh, yeah. match. And then you have uh, one of the cheapest sources of prob control in the entire game. Of dependable prop control, I should say. Yep. And then once again, you're looking at a character that Blind Owl makes a little better, too. Mm-hmm. And then support, like I said, I mean, Taxi on top of that. So he's a really good um, odds piece with a cheap prop and having a couple other little things going for him. Um, we have cheap. a couple pieces from War of Light that made it into today's topic besides Despotelis. And one of them is Blue Lantern Recruit. Because he not only brings some pacing um, aspect with TK... But he also has Perplex to increase values and Enhancement, both on his top dial. Oh, yeah. And then his second and third, he has Prob Control. And then his fourth, he has Support. So, I mean, he has the trifecta of Support abilities and and also the Wing Symbol so that he can carry people. So for 50 points, he's got it all, really. I mean, yep. the only thing he lacks is Keywords. I would almost consider putting a Dara on him just so that way that Support click would turn into a 14 Defense Support. Then we have Sister Cersei, who we've both played a lot. I oh, mean, yeah. everybody has I played I think anyone a lot. who's played Warlight Wave 1 played the And she is her. basically a slightly more expensive, slightly upgraded blue recruit. Oh, yeah. Um, she, too, can taxi. She has perplexity increase. She has TK top dial. What she has going for her is that she has willpower on top dial, and she has prob instead of enhancement. And then her middle two clicks let her choose empower or enhancement. On top of her support. And when a friendly adjacent friendly character misses with an attack roll, she can support it as a free action. Yep, and then she has the 14 defend on her last click, which, mm-hmm. as I just said, I would put a dar on a character to have that. With a 10 attack. So she only yep. needs to hit a 4 yep. to um, to heal up the figure. And then I also forgot to mention those middle 3 clicks, she has barrier on top of it. So she has tons going for She's her. also a flyer. So, at 66 points, you can't yep. beat all that. And the other thing to bring up is Willpower TK is really good because it allows you to properly TK Yo-Yo, mm-hmm. where you TK them out, they take their attack. Next turn, they take another attack, you TK them back. Um, then we have Jinx from Teen Titans. We've talked about Jinx a little bit before. Um, I think, like, when we played a lot of Teen Titans Sealed, like, she was a guaranteed shoe. And if oh, no doubt. Her. Yeah. 39 points, you're looking at a barrier um, with a, a really good super senses and prob. Um... And mystical keyword. Um, her barrier or her super senses is when she uses it to evade an attack, you can place her up to three squares away. I mean, like that's not bad at all. You have a support piece that's moving around every now and then, dodging attacks. And we've talked about the primary use of super senses is to absorb big blows and to make your opponent not want to swing at that character to risk right. losing that. 
So she's not going to be targeted by opponents generally. And she's going to sit back and just keep re-rolling stuff as you need it. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one of your annoying, annoying super sense roll dodges that to really make your opponent be like, okay. Especially if they got in melee with her. Um, next, Madam Web made this list because mainly because of her cheap-ass point cost. 24, 24 points. points. I mean, the bad thing about her is that you never know what you're going to get. Because of her trait, basically she has four different dials. Each only has two clicks. But when you start the game, you roll, and if you roll a one, two, or three, you have to go to those specific lines. Or sorry, one, two, three, or four. You go to these specific lines, and then if you roll a five or six, you can choose which one you want. Yep. And she has an option that starts on prob, one starts on perp, one starts on outwit. And then each of them alternate to another one of those powers. But her, I like her fourth dial, honestly. Mm. I've played the crap out of the fourth dial. Um, before a friendly character within four squares in line of fire makes an attack roll, you may choose a number from two to five. If the chosen number comes up on either die, increase the total by one. If it comes up on both, increase the total by three. It's not going to come up often, but, like, I've seen it do wonders. It's not as controllable as, like, a perplex or a prob, but... That one time you roll doubles of the number you name is hilarious. Then the last three are kind of in the honorable mention categories. Either that or they do something very specific that doesn't really fit in any of them. The only one that I think really we could have fit in one of the categories, I'll let you talk about while I grab the phone to call Harry, and that is um, Catwoman. Yep. Because she could have fit in the control section pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Um, Catwoman is 68 points calculator. Um, pretty long dial for 68 points at 6 clicks. But what makes her really, really good and why people play her still to this day extensively is her trait. Um, other characters than 6 squares of Catwoman assigned a relic or resource can't use the effects of it. I mean, you're looking at a character and then she's got Stealth and Leap Climb on top of that. So she gets to where she wants on the map. She can sit and be safe from ranged attacks while shutting down your opponent's access to relics and resources, which is huge. And then if you wanted to, you could give her Mystics or something like that through Calculator. Mm-hmm. And if your opponent has to waste attacks to get access to his Relic or Resource again, he's eating damage while doing it. I mean, she's a phenomenal figure. She still is one of the best pieces we have in modern age. She just doesn't get played as much as she should, really. Um, and the best thing about her trait, as Austin said, is that you can real. It really shuts things down there's certain people who have abilities like that specify this that that only work on certain resources i guess i should say and the good thing about catwoman's is that the wording on it just lets it nerf all of them period whether they have whether they're using constructs or rings it hurts them all well that's the other thing is doesn't she stop the attachable constructs that characters start the game attached with? i don't think so because they're not considered a relic yeah i know that's which is kind of which is why they get through no tactics formats. Oh, that's true. Then another honorable mention type which guy. One of my favorite pieces ever is Split Lip. Twenty points armor, Stark Industries enhancement. But you use them for the. I mean, we've talked about it. Book Lip is the only way to go. I mean, you yeah. don't run the book without him, pretty much. Yeah, no, not if you're going. If it's any sort of competitive, you do not. Yep. Because friendly characters use free action of power to make a relic roll and modify the roll by plus one if not already modified. The other thing about Split Lip, though, is that ability isn't just for the book. Um, we don't see a lot of relics played because resources are so powerful. 
But, I mean, maybe there just hasn't been a relic that's landed yet that's really, like, won us over yet. Yeah. And for formats that, um, maybe Gen Con side tournaments or something where relics are allowed but other things aren't. Yeah. He makes a huge, he makes a world of difference. Freaking, what's the tall wizard dude? Mordru? Mordru, oh yeah. Mordru and Spliff is awesome. They they both just stroke their gray, white beards. And just they... swim in rings and <laughs> hammers. And then lastly, I put Cosmic Boy on here from the Gravity Feet of Slosh. Yep. And he's sort of in his own category. The The reason he's on here is... Keyword manipulation. Him and a couple other figures um, have keyword manipulation. But he does it best because he also is a support figure. Oh, yeah. Um, he's 70 points. He's a wild card. He can carry people. He TK, has TK, perplex, perplex leadership... leadership. He gets enhancement, then empower, and then you add all that up, and even if he didn't have that trait, he'd still be pretty good for 70 points. But his trait lets you make a friendly character on your force 50 points or less a Legion of Superheroes uh, character for the game. And the combo particularly that people, or that, uh, was it Edward that played it? That we talked about where you play him with entities to give the entity the Legion of Superheroes keyword to grant the Legion of Superheroes keyword to whoever the entity is possessing? I think it was, wasn't it? On I the, it um, was. Somebody did um, for the uh, the hand team, the big hand yep. team. And it's it's a salt like, that's a really cool idea. And then down, down dial, you're looking at enhancement, pulse wave, running shot. I mean, he's not a bad figure at all. Yeah, I like him a lot, and he, he kind of fits in his own type of, of zone here. So, I mean, of course, there may be figures that you guys feel should have made it, and, you know... Granted, when I was going through, there were plenty that I thought, oh, I could do this guy, but I kind of wanted to limit it to a, a certain amount of figures and not go too far uh, into it. Because If we really went to all the support figures that like are playable, yeah. we would have been here all night. These are the top of the top, so if you heard anything that sounds good, give it a look up. Most of these figures are very cheap. I mean, there's only a few exceptions. There's Loki, who might run you like 10 bucks, and then there's Batmite, who's like 30 For the most part, they're all 10 bucks or less easily. Despotelis is the other one. Yep. No, Brother Voodoo's pretty cheap these days. Um, so most of these other guys are 10 at the most and way cheaper than that for a lot of them are a dollar, $2. So they're all worth picking up. And we're going to move into Community. Or should we do your game first? Let's do our game. Let's do my game what? first. All right. Harry... I got my phone out and ready. Let's let's call this. Well, bastard. Harry just texted me and said he's ready to rumble. So, oh yeah, let's see how ready he is. I think he and I will take you down this week. I mean, I'm just tired of this Harry guy just barging his wind. I was hoping he'd answer before that, so he'd hear the end of that. Hello, Mr. Harry Dempsey. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> he knew it was coming this week. <laughs> Alright, so for those of you guys listening at home, this is Austin's still untitled segment. Oh, but we do have a couple more suggestions. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. We'll get into them in mailbag. Um, if you guys... What's that? Let's play a game. That's not a bad one. We got some good ones, though. Austin will like them a little later. Um, if you guys have any ideas for the game, send them to us at our email. But uh, if you want to play along, what you do is Austin will give us clues and we're trying to guess the figure that he's talking about. Uh, what he does is I give him a random number from 1 through 17 and each number corresponds to a different 
um, hint, if you will, on my paper. And these hints help us get a better idea of what the heck Austin is trying to get us to guess. <laughs> sometimes it's something easy. Sometimes it's Bad Samaritan. So Bad Samaritan was a great... Okay, you give me this game show and you start giving me points, I'm going to start getting competitive. And you know what happened? You got Bad Samaritan. We get three stages of guessing at each stage. We get one guess after we get two hints. So you're going to get six hints total and you're going to get three guesses total. And some of these hints are damning. Like, honestly, there's almost every figure, if it hits one of these 17, it's hard for me to... For now, I think if we hit the universe, we're going to re-roll on that one if we hit oh, a six. Fine, we... make it easier. Because <laughs> it's been a little bit tough so far. But this is a work in, this game's a work in progress, but everybody out there, you guys seem to love it when you send us emails and stuff. You say you like it. So if you want to play along, let Austin... Read the two hints and then pause the podcast. Make your own guess. Make your own guess and then press play and listen to me, me and Harry because we may throw you off track or we may get it before you would have got it or something like that. So I'll try to also keep it around 60 seconds per per turn. All right, so first figure and first round of hints. We got number 10 and number 16. Number 10 is the name of a special power. Number 16 is the figure's set number. Set number is 29. The special attack power is Psychic Intrusion. Hmm. 29, so it's probably a big set, not a CTD most likely. Psychic Intrusion. The beard stroking's begun. Mm-hmm, it has. I'm sure Harry's stroking his beard right now, too. I wouldn't call that a beard. Is Harry even still there? I'm a fan. <laughs> I know. There's lots of different things it could be too. Hmm. I know. That's what I was thinking too. I was wanting to say Gorilla Grodd, but he's too high of a number. No. Good, Good guess, though. Yeah. He's too low a number. He's like 10 or something. <laughs> He's hmm. uh, I'm not sure either. Uh, Savitar. Nope. Okay. Stage 2. 15 and 11. Name of a trait. Opening damage power. No trait. Shape change. That didn't help much. <laughs> Psychic intrusion. I start thinking it's not Flash, because I actually think Bizarro Flash and Flasher 29. 29 shape change, psychic intrusion. 29 shape change, psychic intrusion. Harry, get off HC Realms. I'm not on HC Realms. I wanted to say Psylocke just because I thought you'd try to be cute and do a different one in a row, but I don't think it is because she's she's too high of a number. I started thinking of Emma, but the one I'm thinking of is not it either. Yeah, she's, there's a CTD oh, one, but number. she's too low number, yeah. I got nothing to go. Um, damn it, Austin. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll give... Alright, round three. We already did that one. Okay. Named keyword. 
and generic keyword. Oh, buddy. Avengers and martial artist. <laughs> Harry's mind just went boom. Avengers martial artist psychic intrusion. What the hell? I can't. No. No, he's number four or something. Shit. Okay, it can't be Chaos War because that's not modern age. Nope, not Chaos War. It can't be M10. It's probably Iron Man or maybe Deadpool. 29. Psychic Intrusion is what's throwing me off. It doesn't make any sense. I tried to pick one where if I said the special power wasn't going to give it away, it might actually screw it up. I think I've won this one. That's fine. What's the matter, Hunter? Your brain stumped there, buddy? You look flustered. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's from Deadpool, but I don't remember who it is. I don't know. I give up. Harry? No. Guardians of the Galaxy number 29, Moon Dragon. Hmm. Forgot about Guardians of the Galaxy there for a minute. You guys said Deadpool and freaking uh, Iron Man, and I'm like... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Avengers, though, on Moondragon? Yeah, she was on Avengers. I didn't know that. That was back in the 80s, I think. Another point for Austin! Alright, fine. Alright, figure number two. Let's fresh start here. This one should be a little easier. Alright. For clues, we have... Number four, number 13. Named keyword, opening attack power. Shit. Weapon X and super strength. Cyber. No. Damn. I knew that's what you were going to guess. Weapon X. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I knew. It's, damn it. I knew this one was going to go quick as soon as you said name keyword, because it was either six-pack or Weapon X. That's the guy with the red shirt, isn't it? He has the yeah. tactical rocket hands. It popped in my head as soon as... Well done, Harry. All right. I'm freaking cyber. Weapon X guy Yeah, the freaking Weapon X keyword ruined me there. All right. Last figure. First stage of guesses. We have rarity and opening defense power. Combat reflexes and common. Well... <laughs> this is an eventful one. Come on, Harry, give me your best guess. I did. It's a Batman. Oh, I knew you were gonna guess Batman. <laughs> close. It's not really close. Mantis. Nope. All right. Stage two. Sixteen and five. Set name. Set number. Oh man, this might damn it. Set. <laughs> Slosh number fifteen. Slosh number 15 with reflexes. We got him, Harry. What is it? Uh, it's not... I want to say Timberwolf, but I think he's too low of a number. I know he has reflexes top dial, though. Uh, 
Reflexes was the best thing. We didn't have to name defense power first. I think Phantom Girl's too low of a number two. I, think I she, can't remember half the people from that set. I think she's eight or nine, but... It's okay, Harry. I can't remember 90% of them. Or no, she doesn't have Reflexes. Top dog, she has Super Senses. When, like I'm when I was browsing through the set looking for a piece, I'm sitting there like, who are these people? Oh, hey, it's Crayon Eater Lad. <laughs> Glue Sniffer Boy. I'm, I'm going to say Timberwolf. It's Timberwolf. Yes! I went with Timberwolf because of the keyword choices and the healing factor ability. Made me think I could throw you guys off. But for me to have to pick the set name and number that Yeah, together, we got lucky on that one. Damn it. We all got 1-1-1 one, one, and one again. Yeah, we did. So we're still all tied at 4-5. Four, four it's well over 4 now. I think we're all 5 and Drew is 0. He had one week to compete and he hasn't shown up any of the other weeks. All right, Harry. Well, at least we kept him down again this week. Kept me down. I'm still as powerful as ever. Like the Rams, nothing's going to stop me. Yeah, but see, when we get Drew in here, too, throwing in some extra guesses. Drew's going to be like Saber, too. Actually, he may throw us off. <laughs> <laughs> he may steer us in strange directions. Drew always steers us in strange directions. Mostly mess up our guesses and can't figure out. We just pass it to him. All right, well, let's move into community, and let's, we'll see Harry again next week. Hopefully. All right, have a good night, guys. Later, Later man. Oh, that's too much fun. All right, in Dial Design, we have another week of clicking your favorite things for the month of December. That's our gift to you. This week, we have you guys clicking a character from your favorite movie. Any character from your favorite movie. And last week we had uh, video games. A couple of the top ones were somebody clicks to Dysentery from Oregon Trail. <laughs> I didn't see that. And that's amazing. Yeah, that was Batarangs. Batarang deserves and a then, medal. And then uh, who was the other one? Somebody else did a, got a really good score. Oh, the straight Tetris piece from Tetris. <laughs> so two pretty creative people dials. Get, yeah, people getting creative there. We'll see what we get this week. If you would like to participate, go to the link on the podcast description for Dial Design on the HD Realms forums. If you guys have any questions about how to get your dial in there or something like that, just send us an email and, and I'll get you steered in the right direction. For those of you who have won contests over the last couple months, just wanted to give an announcement. I got the poker chips done this week and I shipped them out uh, yesterday. So they should be getting to you over the next week. Best build, we're actually skipping this month of December just because of the number of events we have coming up. There's not going to be a, a good time for us to do it. And also, Drew's not going to be able to play at all on Saturdays because of his work schedule right now. And I'm going to Kentucky next week, and things are kind of hectic, so we're just going to skip around the holidays, and we'll start back in January with best build. And then last but not least, our favorite segment of the podcast. The mailbag. The mail. I love hearing from our fans. Unless they're talking about chili, and then I want them to shut the hell up. I don't honestly recall if there's chili questions. Hella freaking Luya. So we'll see, we'll see what we have, but I know that we have a couple um, suggestions for your titles. Yeah. We have let's see, Eric Lennell's email just popped up. He says, number one, which upcoming comic book film? Are you most excited to see a click set for? Oh, click set. See, that's harder. 
Doctor Strange. Because I think there's a lot of cool mystical characters they could do that haven't got clicks yet. Depending yeah. on who they put in the film. Amazing Spider-Man gave us a lot of those characters, thankfully. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's still more they could do. I'm trying to think, what all movies are coming out? Black Panther. Which is a Justice League movie. I don't know what they do for a Black Panther set. Hmm. I guess if they could do one for Thor Dark World, they could do one for... Another Guardians of the Galaxy set. <laughs> um, let's see. Avengers 2, so I can get a Hulkbuster figure. Now you that know, Harry brought that up. I wouldn't mind another Cap set. Because we haven't... I guess maybe Age of Ultron will cover some of that, hopefully. But I feel like there's a lot of Cap villains that they could do. Well, we got, uh, we got Zola some, and we knew We need new Howling Commandos. We yeah, haven't had any since Cap. Um, some of the old school stuff, we could do that. What I mean, this movies? year's a Justice League Avengers year. We need to do another guess of what's next episode soon. Yeah, what, um, what other movies are coming out? I feel like I'm missing a non-Marvel, non-DC one that's coming out. Hmm. I don't actually know. I'm not sure, but yeah, I Doctor Strange would be cool. We could get some characters that we wouldn't otherwise typically get. Or some versions of characters that are different, depending on what they are like in the movie. How do you like the Suicide Squad cast? Um, We've been talking about it a little bit. It's interesting. I don't mind it. Um, I don't know how I feel about Will Smith. That's the only one I'm really like iffy on. I mean, he's one of my favorite actors by far. He's top three. I think we've actually talked about this on the podcast yeah. before. I mean, he's amazing, but I don't know if I really see him as the, the, characters, the, the character that he's cast as. It's going to depend on if Will Smith plays Will Smith like he usually does, or if Will Smith is actually does a complete immersion in Deadshot. I'm holding back judgment on it. I'll just say that. Number three. It's not like the Fantastic Four cast or like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you recommend recruiting into the Suicide Squad with the new Amanda Waller? Hmm. I want to see a totally TGI... Or a, a CGI um, Tiger Shark. <laughs> this is true. Um... Let's see, see, I don't know much about Suicide Squad. I, I, read, I read a lot. I mean, of course, Deadshot's going to be in there. We already know that. He's always the leader anyways. Harley Quinn is already... Firefly? She's a newer character. She, I think Firefly's been in it before, but he's not a mainstay. Bronze Tiger, I'd like to see in there. Um, he's one of my favorites. Hmm. Who else? Captain Boomerang would be a good one. Uh, Black Manta. He's oh, yeah. always one of my favorites. Oh, man, I could always do for more Black Manta. You know what I realized? Suicide Squad movie and Aquaman movie? We could see Black Manta in a future Suicide Squad movie. In the eventual Aquaman movie. We'll definitely see him in the eventual Aquaman movie. Number four, who have been your favorite rogues to play so far? I haven't played many rogues, sadly. I haven't had a chance to play any either. Um, I did play... I played the older version of Trickster in my Sealed. He was very fun, very good. The one with the oil slick gun. Yep. I played... I feel like I played one more. I'm trying to flip through here. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing all of them. I just haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. The only piece I've gotten to play... Or the only piece, like team 
I've gotten to play out of Flash so far has been Stormwatch. Mm-hmm. And I really like that team. That was really fun. Yeah. They, in general, are really, really good. Engineer is one. <laughs> Engineer is broken. She, she, future watchlist figure, potentially, at the cheaper point option. Um, um, what else? I think that's all. I think that really is the only Rogue I play. But definitely we'll be playing them coming up. For years to come. If a film were made about the Dial H crew, who would portray you guys? I feel like we need to save this question until Drew's here because I want to hear what Drew would say. All right, I'll try to remember. Write it down. I <laughs> Drew will be played by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> That's not nice at all. I love Steve Buscemi love as an Steve actor, Buscemi. but he's ugly as sin. <laughs> all right, um, I'm going to write it down. Also, he tends to always play child molesters or horrible people. <laughs> Poor Steve Buscemi. I'm going to write it down movie cast. Yeah. All right. Because I'm going to need some time to think about that one, too. We should have to pick for the other two people. Yeah, that's actually probably <laughs> a good idea. Or else I'm going to be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> we had... I thought we had another one on our Gmail account that was pretty good. Oh, I know we have one that's actually pretty long, but it's well written, and I really actually did want to read it. Uh, here it is right here. Um, this is from Tyler Menser. I don't usually read these emails that are super long and everything, but this one, like I said, was well written and well done. I figured we'd share it. He says, I, Hello, I have a semi-lengthy story for you all that I wanted to share in a couple questions. I began playing Heroclix around the time of AVX. Since that time, I've seen the game become increasingly complicated and competitive. The local meta at my store, which is mostly Golden Age for events, has shifted with the addition of entities and batteries. And as such, I've begun to see the game in a different light. I play clicks for fun. I'm a great, I, as I am in grad school and I use the game as a stress release. So as tempers began to flare, games stopped finishing on time and people began to start abusing rules. I started to become disinterested in the game for anything other than collection purposes. Then I had an idea. Rather than worry myself with the stress of events, and trying to win against increasingly cheesy combos of people with the money to buy the most broken pieces on eBay, I've been simply trying to make the most fun and ridiculous teams possible. I do occasionally play in a sealed event, but mostly I've become a casual player in my off time. This has manifested itself into something I like to call the sentient animal murder team. For fun, I decided to make a team of not just animals, but animals with heightened or super level intelligence and powers. This was such a fun and stupid idea to the people in the store that they started giving me pieces to run on the team and started creating ridiculous teams of their own. Now instead of seeing horribly broken teams facing off when I'm playing with friends, I see teams such as Team Wheelchair, Team Obesity. (laughs) Team Wheelchair I've played before. That's a good team. Team Obesity, Working Class Heroes, which are uh, only henchmen and people with normal jobs, Team Mutant Racism made of purifiers or any anti-mutants. Now when I come home from grad school, I have friends who are scheming how they are going to kill a bunch of super-powered animals with a bunch of old men in wheelchairs, <laughs> instead of trying to create the most broken and cheesy team. I get smack talk during the week about being crushed under the wheelchair spokes of justice, or about how all of my animals oh. are going to be put down. What? We finally get to use the joke. What's that? The joke that Ray gave us forever ago, and we've been to use on the podcast. Go ahead. So Ray's been suggesting... That when any character in a wheelchair uses running shot, it should be called rolling shot. 
And we've been waiting for a good opportunity for that, and there it is. Overall, my experience with the game has greatly improved. We laugh a lot more, and I look forward to playing the game a lot more than I did. As a side note, forcing a team of paraplegic old men to play on a map predominantly made of stairs is a cackle-worthy <laughs> moment. My question for you all is, do you ever build teams like this for fun, or is the competitive aspect of the game more important to you? Oh my god, fun teams are just... Well, we play fun... We very rarely actually play competitive events at our, at my venue, um... And we play at Game Preserve too, which and sometimes um, Comic Book University. For the most part, all of them are pretty laid back. Um, none of them are are really competitive. Cutthroat, cutthroat meta events um, weekly. Yeah, um, especially the dugout. We do ninety percent of the time are fun things. All of my events usually have something strange. Um, where you have to, all your figures have to do this or something like that. So I kind of keep it limited and fun. People, I mean, of course you're going to have certain people who are always going to bring super, super strong stuff, but you can still play your team of crazy stuff and still have fun do well, and yeah. do well and not get blown out of the water. I mean, we play crazy teams like that from time to time, and, and it's always really fun. Actually, one of my favorite things to do is to play a team like that and then shut out someone who thinks their team's going to be an easy win and just see the anger. But uh, there is fun, really fun, team building is probably my favorite thing about the game. I would almost say I enjoy team building more than playing. Yeah, me too. Which, sitting there and be given a point cost and having to come up with something weird to play or trying to just squeeze in every point you can in that team, um, that's what I love. It was the same thing with Magic. I enjoy deck building in Magic more than I enjoy playing Magic. And then he throws in some extra stuff about how the team plays and everything. I will so, build a team wheelchair team for one of these events. Thanks for that email. Um, we have Anthony Cox has a pretty good email too. Greetings, Hunter, Austin, and what's his name who's never, who's never there? Just kidding. How could I forget the man who gets more pink canoe than a gay camper? Oh... <laughs> I've been listening since... It's been a while since I did a Drew that, intro. And that's a pretty good one. I've got a couple that's good a ones. That's a really good one. <laughs> I've got some good ones I wrote down on my phone that uh, I'll, next time Drew's here, I'll introduce him. I've been listening since just after Gen Con 2013. That was right when we started. And you guys have really turned into a top-notch operation. Aww. You're by far the best quality clicks podcast and one of the best podcasts out there. Keep up the great work. I was wondering if you guys saw your boy, Roy G. Bivolo, a.k.a. Rainbow Raider, in the Arrow slash Flash crossover. No, I haven't got that far. I've been waiting for this season to wrap up of Arrow so I can watch it. And I'm waiting for the first season of Flash to wrap up. I am doing the exact same thing. I've seen the first two seasons of Arrow. I have not seen a single episode of Arrow or Flash yet. I like to watch my shows in seasons. I'm I don't, a binge watcher. I don't watch... Yeah, same... I yeah, don't watch Thanks to that jerk episodes. last week, I've been watching Scrubs again and I can't stop. See, I didn't start because I knew what I knew, I've already gone through two seasons of 24 episodes in like four days. He said, I, when I saw him, I immediately thought of how excited you guys must have been, especially Austin. My suggestions for Austin's hey, new game hey, show... hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> suggestions for Austin's new game show name. That's my clicks... Are you smarter than a clicks player? Yeah, I like, I like that. that one. I like that one too. I really like that's that one. A tie, that's a front runner right that is now. De- that is the front runner right now. I was also wondering that after the Avengers conference table, what resources 
would you want to see Marvel, DC, and non-comics? Yeah, before we were all over those power batteries, and now I really don't know. I don't know I either. still want to see the Iron Man armor gallery. That's my dream resource that I, I don't know if they'll ever get around to. But the idea of deploying like Iron Man's armor suits to people on the field like they're hammers is just mm-hmm. such a cool idea to me. Um, hmm. That's something that we'd have to. I'd have to think about and then come back at. It's, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, power batteries was a, the big one. I think I'm gonna go back to what we what I said earlier. We need to do another predictions episode soon and just just go at it. One big episode. Bring bring a guest in. We'll have four people and we'll just. Well, we'll wait till maybe uh, or uh, Ultron is underway. You know. All right. And it's closer so that we know more. Let's ask the fans that one then. What resources do they think? Yeah, that can be a community question coming yeah. up. Also, tell Austin this will be an email that doesn't mention Fritos Chili. How oh, shit. I, sorry. <laughs> Keep the awesome new segments coming. Hey, he didn't say one way or the other. He just said it doesn't mention it necessarily. Uh, we got a couple things for Destiny and for uh, Pokemon. Yay! We had another guy who gives me... Uh, his PSN ID and says that pepper jack cheese in chili is amazing. You're damn right it is. Can I say something that's going to get me shot on the spot? I'm not a big pepper jack cheese fan. You're a fucking son of a bitch. I know I am. That's not nice to say about my mother though. K.R. Britt. Uh, did we read this one last week? No, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, talking about entities. I just wanted to say, oh, before I read his podcast, or his podcast, his uh, email about the podcast, um, a lot of you guys emailed us just uh, just opinions on um last week's episode and 90 percent of them probably were said they agreed with pretty much everything we Yay. said so i thought we were gonna get yeah. our houses burned down <laughs> i thought you guys were gonna drag us into the street and tar and feather um this guy's is a uh, pretty well written so I, I just wanted to voice my opinion as far as entities go from the beginning i've noticed that when these came out people were putting multiple ones on the same team my only real complaint with entities is the fact that it takes so much time for a person to pick up a power and a stat boost every single time their dial changes or at the beginning of the turn. That's a The reason I'm reading this email is that's a good point that we didn't we totally mention. totally over. I didn't even think about it. Is really. when you have all these things off the board. I mean, we did talk about how so much stuff is off the board that it's going to need to be changed eventually. Yeah. But... That's another big part of it, too, is it slows the game down because you have to take so much time. Oh, I have this construct on this guy, and um, this guy is going to choose this power and modifier from this entity, and then player character B is going to choose this and this, and C is going to choose that and that. And you constantly have to like keep asking your opponent, okay, what was it you chose again yep. last time? Like, it just it adds so clock. much time. So that's a good point. Um, let me see, where was I in this uh, email? I think like you guys had said was your first option that only one should be allowed on a team. This would drastically reduce the amount of time that you have to sit there and wait and listen to the opponent pick all their choices. Also, I believe this would cut down on the opportunities that some people take to cheat by confusing their opponents, especially new players, by saying, no, I chose blank last turn. Oh yeah, It's easier, easier to remember with just one. Thanks for reading my rant, Chris Britton. Um... That might be it for... Oh, wait. Here's some more segment uh, suggestions. All right. Here's two more. Time for alliteration. Austin's slightly stumping segment. That was not too bad. 
it's not bad. I still like Are You Smarter Are Than You Smarter Than a Clicks Players, really? Um, let's see. Okay, this is a one more one more about the uh, about entities and then or about watch lists and then we'll be done with watch list emails. Very good discussion. This is from uh, Jesse Robertson. Very good discussion on the topic. It's always polarizing, no matter how you guys slice it. I agree with you on Bill Proxima and Bizarro. I love the pieces and don't see many changes need to be made. What do you think of the ideas on Pharaoh making his eagle a special object where it can be destroyed, but that he can respawn it? I think that that would require way too much overhaul on him, though. I like the yeah, I agree. I like the idea. I, the idea is cool, but I think they would have to completely redo his trait yeah. wording. He would have had to have been designed like that from the get go. And then he says, "And with entities, does it hurt them too much to make entity keyword a generic keyword? I don't think that solves much because they still get the plus six to map. Yeah, they don't get theme probs, but." That's not as big of a deal as the whole getting map. Map is huge, um, especially in competitive events. Yeah. And just the fact mm. of making a theme team to hit map yeah. is. The and big I'll part. say, as a as a newer player, that's the one thing I underestimated the most. And even in a, almost a year into playing, I still did. But when I started really paying attention to picking map and getting bonuses to map, drastically improved my play. He says, uh, "I also love the idea of one entity per team. Anything more is just ridiculous, and people trying." To stack the odds using high-level rarity pieces that most don't have access to. Uh, then he says, never mentioned it, but your guys' logo kicks ass. Hawkeye is my favorite Marvel character, which is actually what drew me to your podcast. So nice logo design. Jesse Robertson. That lo- The logo is actually um, it's something I thought of before we started, and I drew up. But I have to give credit to my wife because she's the one who actually created it. I sketched it out. And then she does it all on uh, Adobe Illustrator because that's what she does for a living. <laughs> so she also does poker chips too. So when I do poker chips for you guys, I kind of do the design, show her an idea of what I um, what I want, and then she does all the hard work and the time-consuming work. So you can <laughs> thank her for all that stuff. Um, you know what? I just want to bring up the point that a few months ago, we were getting like two to three emails at most a day. And now we're getting plenty of them, and I love it. I don't remember if we read this one. Did we talk about possession for symbiotes? No. Okay, so Abel... No, but this is something I'm totally on board with. Abel, first of all, says yes. I think he's the one who asked us about Pop-Tarts last week. Says yes, Pop-Tarts are definitely the best. Also, I think Hulk wins. Sorry for the question. (laughs) Question for this week. Do you think they'll do a possession mechanic with the symbiotes OP kit? That's a great idea. I don't know if they'll do it for that OP kit. I don't either, but I think you came. I think that's a great idea. Down the line, I doubt they'll do it, but it's cool. down the line. I definitely see the potential for symbiotes to end up doing that, but I don't necessarily know it'll be exactly possession. It'll be something similar, probably. But yeah, no, I'm totally on board. When freaking even before we saw entities, like that was what I thought of anytime I was thinking of freaking symbiotes. Was you attach them to a character? All right, that's going to do it for Gmail, and then we're going to quickly check Facebook, where we have a couple new messages that I actually haven't seen yet. Oh, no. Here One's from Renocon, though. He's always good for some good uh, good questions and stuff. Oh, God, I hey, saw a list. <laughs> hey, guys. Last week, Austin, I believe, made mention of the old soaring mechanism. Oh, sorry, I'm reading the old one. Hold on. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here, he has some suggestions for Austin's quiz show. Crossfire Clicks. 
Austin's Audacious Clicks Quiz. The Amazing Austin's Clicks Challenge. That one. Austin brings the game. Austin tells it like it is. The Clicks is right. I like the Clicks is right. The Austin Grill. Name that Clicks. I like Name that Clicks is simple, but I kind of like it. Who calls the Clicks? The quiz that must be not be named. The unknown Clicks. Austin's effing Clicks quiz. Austin does it his way. You call it Clicks. The Clicks Minute or the Austin Minute. I have the feeling this guy literally has taken every game show. <laughs> Austin's quiz within the show. I think Are You Smarter Than a Clicks Player still up. Are You Smarter still, Than a Clicks Player is the best. That's the, the front Clicks runner. is right to second placer. We'll give a couple weeks for somebody to beat Are You Smarter Than a Clicks Player. I, I don't know. That one's really like winning it for me right now. Yeah. We'll give you guys a couple weeks to come up with something better before we give it an official title and retire it. Um, I think that might have been it for Facebook. I think we didn't get much on Facebook this week. So I'm pretty sure this was older, but I'm going to double check. Yeah, that was a question about dial design. And whose dial is it anyway? I like whose dial is it anyway, too. We Anderson. got... That was a PSN. Oh, we had a question from the man from Japan. Which clicks at a glance... You thought was the worst hero clicks ever made, but after you played it, it became one of your favorite. Well, that's instead that's pretty uh, specific. So basically, what's a dial that you thought you may have thought it initially looked bad, but after you played it, turned out to be pretty good. There's one I thought was going to be mediocre that ended up godlike. Brother Voodoo. At a glance, I knew he was going to be good. I was not expecting him to be that good. Same set, same situation, Dr. Druid. Dr. Definitely, yeah. I overlooked... And Damon Hellstrom, same sets too. See, I don't like Hellstrom as much. I still... A lot of people like Hellstrom, I don't like him. Um, but when we did sealed for that set beforehand, I was looking through all the dials, and I was like, eh, he doesn't look too bad. But then in sealed, he when was such playing. a monster. <laughs> Druid is so good. Um, same thing with the... Uh, I'd say the Oil Slick Trickster was the same way. I did I w- did not want to play him. I was trying to fit anything else on my team instead of that thing cuz I thought it looked like garbage and ended up he was the only thing that fit with the rest of my team. So I ended up playing him and he actually ended up being pretty good. So I mean, that's another character that looked like crap but turned out to be excellent. And then the reverse. Uh, Dr. Druid is definitely up there for and on that question. The reverse, what's a good one that turned out to be crap? That's the second part of his question. Uh, That's a hard one. There's not there's not many. You know, there's ones that turn out to be, I guess, not as good as you would think, but... Hmm. Uh, there's gotta be something. Like, it's on the tip of my tongue when I'm thinking back. I'm like, I know there's been pieces I thought were gonna be ridiculous that were terrible. Or not terrible. Not but terrible, just not, but just not as good as you thought. Yeah. We might have to get back to him. Yeah, we that, might have to come back on that one, because that one's a lot harder to answer. I'm, I'm going to flip through the set icons just to see if anything pops in my head. Mm. I thought Highfather would see more play than he has. That that kind of, to me, would be somebody who might fall under that. Science Police earlier was on my Science list. Science Police, yeah. Uh... 
White Witch, I think, is on that list for me. See, but I think White Witch is different for me because I think she is superb. I when I've played, I played her in two. That's tournaments, true. When I play her, she I play is me. good. She is amazing, actually, for the point cost. She just doesn't get played, which is weird. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? I guess now you'll hardly ever see her get played because the, the green battery. Job. But I really, I still really like her. I think she's excellent for her points. And that will do it for Mailbag Force this week. If you guys have any questions or comments or anything about the podcast. Unless it's about chili. You can es- talk shit about RC Cola all day. But- especially if it's about chili. Mail it to dialh4heroclicks at gmail.com. And chances are we will share it on the air. Or at least make a brief funny comment. Hey, Hunter. We got through a whole podcast without dropping an actual F-bomb. Did we? I think I I've called been paying you. Attention. I think I called you an mf'er. Oh, you might have. I'm sure I did. If oh, I did, we're gonna have to listen back through this. Because I probably I think just, this might be our first episode without an f bomb. I probably just thought it. <laughs> maybe I didn't actually say it. It's a common thought for those around me. Yeah, I'm trying to bring that to your attention. So I mean, maybe I didn't actually verbally, <laughs> you know, say it. So it's pretty impressive if we did it. Though. We'll see. If you guys have any ideas for the name of Austin's show, uh, quiz show. You gotta beat Are You Smarter Than a Clicks player. And if you have any ideas for categories you want to see coming up for the year-end event, like, you know, best support piece or something crazy like, like worst sculpt of the year or sexiest sculpt of the year or whatever, something like that. You know my like favorite that. emails are? I like the ones of that make us argue. The ones of, what do you like better, X or Y? See, I like them too, but it's a slippery slope. <laughs> it is a slippery if slope. If we start getting a bunch of them, then we're just opening the floodgates. So we're going to have to like keep it... I'll have to keep us limited yeah, you'll on have how to, many. Because this this could break apart the podcast. <laughs> well, I don't even mean like that. I just mean we'll get 20 emails and every one will be Coke or Pepsi. You know. Well, that one's an easy one. Well, Coke, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's a, come on, man. who like Drew Pepsi? would say Pepsi. I'm sure he Drew would. would say just Pepsi. to just and we'd to have be, to throw him out the window. <laughs> just to be argumentative. Although I do like cherry Pepsi. Is that weird? Cherry Pepsi's all right, but I don't know that it's better than cherry Coke. Cherry Coke still. See, this is why these emails are bad but good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, send anything to dialhforheroclicks at gmail You can also like us and on facebook or follow us on twitter and uh when you do either of those you'll know exactly when a podcast comes out because we always make announcements and that's also where we drop our weekly community question so we'll be sure to drop one this week um about the topic we talked about earlier and you guys can chime in on what resources you want to see um following age of ultron i guess everyone doesn't say iron man armor gallery we're gonna just like go hunt them down one by one it can be dc or marvel either one no it has to be iron man armor gallery but until next week (laughs) this is hunter this is austin signing off